0: Hey, everyone, this is Joe Turner from the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast. And as I talked about in the very first episode, I want to build greater sense of community between city managers and public sector executives. So this is a shout out Saturday episode, and primarily it's going to feature content from public sector executives and public sector employees who are either working on a government project that they want to share or that they're working on a personal project. Maybe you started a band. Maybe you have an art show that you want to talk about. Maybe you're doing your own podcast that has nothing to do with the government sector, but you want to share it with uh, your peers. And I want to give my platform to you to turn it over. I also want to give people who are not public sector executives or public sector employees, but are doing something that is local government related and interesting. I want to give them a platform to talk about what they're doing, if they're so interested or so inclined. And uh, I think this episode might be interesting. This episode features an interview with a follower of mine by the name of John Berrio. He lives in San Angelo, Texas, central Texas area. And he's trying to recall his entire city council because the mayor is overstepping Her role in trying to turn a council manager form of government into a strong mayor form of government from his perspective, he believes the mayor and the council are essentially violating the charter. And I thought you guys would have uh, some interest in hearing about this gentleman who's trying to literally recall every single member of the council. And I think he's definitely going to get some members on the recall ballot because there's some low signature requirements in a town of 100,000, which absolutely shocks me. So please give a listen to this episode. If you have something that you want to share with the city manager, public sector executive community, and you want to come on for a shout out Saturday episode, please get in touch. And if you don't like this, please share that with me because if it bombs, then maybe we'll just stop doing it. So thank you for your patience as I try something new and uh, give this one a listen. All right, all right, all right. I'm Joe Turner, and this is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives. Uh, With me today is John Barrio. He is in the midst of doing a recall on his entire governing body, seven-member governing body in San Angelo, Texas. And, uh, John, you know, you came to my attention because I was doing my daily news scan, and I saw a headline about, you know, an individual trying to recall the entire council. And then I started reading the article, and I was like, wait a minute, I think I recognize that name. And so I looked at my LinkedIn connection and sure enough, it was you, uh, I didn't know how to pronounce your name at the time. You told me it was a Barrio without the U, right? Correct. But what caught my attention about this recall is I, you know, there's been a million recall efforts over the years, but what caught my attention was that your focus was on the mayor. Uh, you believe the mayor overstepping the council manager form of government and basically turning this into a strong mayor system. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a recall effort over the idea that a mayor is violating the council manager form of government. So uh, I wanted to have you on the podcast to give you an opportunity to talk about what you're doing and uh, explain to the uh, audience uh, what you're up to, because I thought that was a pretty interesting situation. So why don't you briefly introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us what this is about?
1: Thank you, Joe. Again, the name is John Barrio. Uh, I have been involved in San Angelo's governance by serving on several city boards. The San Angelo Economic Development Corporation, which is actually a standalone corporation fostered by the the city, uh, served on that for over a decade and have also served on the airport board and the Keep San Angelo Beautiful board, which is an environmental effort, Uh, all city government. During that decade plus of exposure, I have seen and learned a lot about the inside operations of the the city hall, the city council, the way the various boards work together and our city ordinances that govern how the council work with the city manager have been overridden by a dominant mayor and the council, all seven members, including the mayor, are complicit in this in that they have allowed it to happen. Hence, we're trying to recall all seven members of the council.
0: What does the charter say with respect to the council manager, former government, and how is the mayor violating that?
1: Okay, the charter itself says that the the city council is a policy committee. The mayor is the chair of the committee, not an operational head of the city. Though figuratively, it does say that Uh, The mayor's position can be considered the head of the city. There are very specific assignments to the mayor's seat, signing papers, being a public face, but not one voice telling the city manager what to do. That's supposed to be done by a majority of the seven. So, you mean uh, are, the
0: mayor in theory is supposed to be more of a titular sort of title, figurehead, as opposed to a strong mayor form of government where the mayor can override or uh, override votes, for example? That is correct. Okay. So, in San Angelo, what is the mayor specifically doing to override that city manager council form of government,
1: would you say? Where is she out of line? That is a very good question, and it's best answered. By saying she has stepped into a directorship, if you will, yet at the same time controlling many of the things a city manager is, by our charter, tasked with doing. One good example is our economic develop- development effort. About a year ago, the economic development director left his position. The vacancy was attempted to be filled several times over the, the various months, But this mayor has a a passion for economic development. It was recently announced that they have suspended the search for an economic development director. And without saying it, it's because they have one who's working for free. The mayor? The mayor. Exactly. So, (laughs) and that is a direct violation of one of the ordinances that came out of the city charter that says they will not have direct influence on any department, yet simply by the omission of an economic development director and the mayor acting as the, not just the public face, but also the the mechanical wheel in the, the whole economic drive, even to the point of being the negotiator with a recent contract with the, the Chamber of Commerce that we use for our destination marketing organization. Also, they have an arm that supports our economic development. She has withheld contracts from council for consideration of approval until the contract was her way, rather than bringing it to council and the seven discuss what this contract should look like.
0: Or is the city manager supposed to be involved in those contract negotiations as far as you understand it? Or how how does that normally work?
1: Yes, it should be the, the city manager reasonably tasked to an applicable director of the d- department for which they're contracting, and as well, including the purchasing department.
0: Now, what else besides the economic development issues would you say, if any, that the mayor's overstepped on when it comes to usurping the power of the city
1: manager? That is another good question. San Angelo is a very unique city in that we have an elected police chief. Most are appointed by council. Right. This is form of employing a police chief has been traditional in in San Angelo for many decades. In the past few decades, I have lived in San Angelo since 1979. There have been three, I believe, efforts typically initiated by council, to bring the police department under the city manager. Okay. Have him be appointed rather than uh, elected elected it's about control with a very dominant mayor who wants to again, be in control of the police operations. It was again brought before the voters. And again, for, I believe it's the third time the voters said, no, we do not want the council controlling the police department. We want the laws that exist, to be the the guide light for the police department
0: well the initiative had made the city manager the boss of the police chief or would the police chief have put the would have put the police chief underneath the mayor or how would that have worked
1: it would have made the the police chief subordinate to the uh city manager
0: okay but wouldn't that get wouldn't that be i guess i'm a little bit confused about how that would be a negative then because isn't that sort of in, a, in effect given the city manager more power which is sort of
1: what you're I think arguing. On for paper versus... it would give the city manager more power. Okay. But with a city manager who defaults to a mayor and allows her the back door to tell him what to do, it essentially goes back to the mayoral control. So even in even in as much Joe as uh, in a recent budget workshop, the mayor wanted to increase tickets and fines issued by the police department to increase their funding, which in the state of Texas is illegal. Quotas are illegal.
0: So you're, you're almost sounding like you're, not only are you frustrated with your mayor, but you're also seemingly frustrated with your city manager.
1: It sounds like if we had a stronger city manager who would enforce the ordinances in the charter, the mayor would have been told her proper role. So I have to say yes to your question.
0: Okay. And so when it comes to recalling the entire council, you is the council in your opinion been complicit sort of uh silence or acquiesced you know to it or have they been uh sort of uh part of the problem so to speak as far as aggressively uh, supporting the mayor and her quest to be
1: uh the strong mayor this is an ugly area where ethics meets politics joe uh, in a political world we see vote trading uh, even on the congressional level sure but here on the local level In fact, by our city ordinances that govern the performance of the council, they are supposed to leave their politics outside and weigh every decision solely on their merit. How are they violating that? The mayor herself has strongly influenced the development in a certain area of downtown where she owns and operates a restaurant. Uh, It is a historic uh, district and millions were spent recently on redoing the main thoroughfare through that area. In my personal opinion, even though she did not have a direct financial interest in it in that project, she should have recused herself from the discussion because contrary to the ordinances governing their behavior, she was going to profit from the the dramatic improvement in the historic downtown district. Okay. In other instances, we have one particular realtor on the council who never voices what his constituents have fed to him regarding an issue on the agenda, but always sees it only from the realtor's perspective and his home property interests
0: as well. In our pre-interview chat, John, you talked a little bit about, and it's kind of getting a little bit off the subject of the strong mayor-city manager conflict here, but you did talk about one aspect of the governing body, I guess, playing games or loopholes with the term limits, I guess, in your community. Can
1: you elaborate a little bit more on that as well? Certainly can. One of the, the items mentioned in our affidavit to initiate the petitions for recall is an attempt to usurp the term limits ordinance which establishes two four-year terms for members of uh, council. In the meeting where I first cited the council uh, for their violations, they were given over a month to change their ways. But in that initial citation meeting, a few moments after my piece was presented, one of the council members asked the city attorney, is it true that if any of us were to resign just before the expiration of our second term, we would then be eligible to run again for essentially a third term. The argument being that determinants applied to
0: someone running or finishing a complete term, essentially, or, or finishing the or finishing the term to the end expiration of that term, right? Correct. And so, so the argument was that if I if I'm the city council member for seven years and ten months, and I don't finish the two months of my term, then does that give me a chance to run again for another four year term?
1: Correct. That is exactly the question, and the city attorney's answer was. You've already asked that, and the answer is yes. You can run again. It's since been learned from inside sources in City Hall that the mayor and at least one councilman has conspired to do exactly that, even before the recall election effort. When
0: you say conspired, what does that mean? I mean, I don't I don't conspires mean. But did they actually? Are their terms up this year? And are they planning? Yes, to, uh, they're we, planning to give up their seats. Or what's how? What do you mean?
1: Our uh, Council members are elected uh, on a two-year cycle, each elected for a four-year term. That way we we don't replace the whole council in any one. Right, election. Election. This coming year, May of 2025, four of the members of the council will be up for re-election. Is that including the mayor? That happens to include the mayor. Okay. The other three council members are on the other two-year cycle. So we face the potential, as you said three years and 10 months into the second term, they could uh, undermine the, the letter and spirit of the term limit law by first resigning, presumably early enough that they would still qualify for the filing period right, to right. get on the next ballot. This is contrary to their own sworn oaths of office, that they will abide by the uh, letter and spirit of every law. And obviously you would say, you would argue that this is not honoring the
0: letter or the spirit of the law. Well, maybe the spirit, I guess, because it sounds like the city attorney saying that according to the letter of
1: the law, they're okay. Yes. Um, under the letter of the law, maybe. Under the spirit of the law, it's a definite violation of their code of conduct, code of ethics, and what term limits, which was imposed by a vote of the voters. It was put on a ballot. It was not right. a council decision to impose term limits.
0: So where do we stand now, John, uh, as we sort of give us the rundown of where we're at now? So can you walk us through where you're at in the petition signature gathering period and the deadlines and the you know what you think the election is going to be, the number of signatures you need? Can you
1: walk us through that real quick? Absolutely. The petition was filed January 25th we have 60 days to collect the required number of signatures for each of the seven petitions. Okay. Essentially any voter can sign two petitions, the one for their council member and the one for the mayor. Because of the staggered election times, the requirement for the number of signers falls back on the last regular election to fill that particular seat. It's a widespread,
0: yeah, we talked about this in the pre stream interview, right? John, there's a there's a yes. big difference in the signature requirements because some of these individuals ran without any opposition and didn't correct. have an election and so you don't you so you got to go by the election that happened 4 years prior to that, correct? Possibly as much as 12 years prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fascinating how that works in uh, San Angeles. So what is the range in the signature requirement between the lowest to the highest?
1: We have one council member for whom we only need 47 signatures.
0: From their district, correct?
1: Yes, from their district. Right. The mayor being elected citywide, uh, we require just over eighteen hundred signatures. Okay. For that recall to happen. That's a big range.
0: For, I suspect it won't be too hard to get forty-seven signatures, but eighteen hundred signatures can going to be quite a quite a haul. Do you feel like you're going to be able to get the, that number? In I, 60 do. Days? I do. I okay. do.
1: There are okay. many people who uh, are behind this. They've seen the good old boy system working for too long in San Angelo. And it's time that we have ethical government. So where can people learn more about what
0: you're doing? I think you have a
1: Facebook page only. Is that the only uh, online? We do. For the most part, San Angelo's populace is a Facebook community. And we've set up a, a Facebook page that is, it's a long name, is simply San Angelo Citizens for a law-abiding city council.
0: Okay, what's interesting to me about the signature requirement? I'm just going to harp on this a little bit. Is that San Angelo has what 100,000 residents? The 2020 census said
1: just a few people over 100,000. Yes, sir.
0: That's a good size. That's a good size community. So yes. to to have a, I mean, if you got six districts, right? Roughly yes. speaking, right? Six districts. Yes, Okay. I mean, that's what, 15,000 and change or so per, you know, people per district. I mean, to think that you only need to get 47 signatures in one district, that's a, such a small number. Um, yes. So that's very, very interesting to me. I will put the uh, link to the uh, Facebook page in the show notes so people can follow along. Thank and, you. And um, what happens, assuming that you get the signatures and you got term in, uh, in 60 days in, in March sometime yes. uh, after they're turned in, the city clerk or whoever handles the um, how it works in San Angelo or Texas, they got to go through and re- um, evaluate the signatures or review the signatures, to authenticate them. And yes. then when's the earliest this would be on the ballot, assuming that they validate the signatures?
1: Presuming that we turn the petitions in on March 25th, the deadline. The city clerk then has 30 days to validate an ample number of the signatures to meet okay. the necessary count. Then the petition is presented to the council. And they have a window that I believe is 60 days to schedule the, the special election. Okay. This will be a special election between the normal November cycle and the normal may cycle. Our council members are elected on a may cycle. Okay. Uh, so it will be a special election, but let's remember the, the number of petitioners does not necessarily mean that that many people are for or against to the degree that they will come out to the polls for a second election. Sure. We may very well have an extraordinarily low turnout for the actual recall vote. Oh, that would be my expectation because it'd be all by itself on a standalone,
0: and people are busy, and that's just the way that works, normally speaking. Yes. But, which which always gives the uh, the recall proponents if they're organized and they're um, they're pretty fired up, it gives them a little bit of a leg up or an advantage, right? Because they get yes. the ability to mobilize and and do some damage at the polls uh, or what have yes. you. So, well, hey, I, I appreciate having you on the show, John. Like I said, I wanted to turn this into a, a new thing I want to do in the podcast. It's a you know um, shout out Saturdays where I spotlight what either other public sector executives are doing or other individuals who are doing that's related to local government. And I wanted to give you an opportunity since you're a follower of mine, you've been following me for quite some time. I'm not even sure how you even came across my content because you're not a city manager, you're not a former city manager or anything like that. So uh, somehow, some way the algorithm uh, put us together and I know you've been following my content. And so uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell the folks what you're doing.
1: It's amazing how friends of friends work. (laughs) I found your page through something that one of my friends through city government had shared and I liked what you were saying.
0: Good deal. Good deal. Well, Hey, John, thank you very much. Uh, I want to get this out here on a special episode and let people know what
1: you're doing. Uh, Thank
0: you for your time and uh, good luck with your efforts.
1: Thank you, Joe. And I'll be praying that you have great success with the Saturday podcast.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. All right, so that's going to do it for our first edition of Shout Out Saturday. Uh, Let me know what you think, and uh, thank you for listening. I'm Joe Turner. This is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives. It is the most influential local government podcast in America, and I will catch you on next week's episode when I interview Tim Nowak, where we discuss the fire and EMS crisis that is facing America. It's a fascinating interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it, so don't miss that one. Later.